Welcome back to another episode of the Minds with Hakeem podcast. I got a very special reoccurring guest, Kayla Belkinsolver. How you doing today, I'm man? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. I remember the first time we met, I was so nervous to pronounce your name. I was <laughs> you like, got it? I was thinking like, okay. Oh, yeah. No, I got it. I'm like, hey, we're friends now. I really feel like we're friends after that. So that's what podcasts do. It bring friends. Um, I'm so excited to have you on. We're going to talk a little bit about racial trauma. I'm going to learn about it with you guys in real time so this is going to be fun and eventful for me um so i hope you guys enjoy that but it is mental health awareness month it right is, so isn't it? so uh what what better chance to have a therapist on you are a therapist right not I a counselor okay I'm well just... it's y'all think it's the same thing like it's my not credentials is a licensed mental health counselor but most uh, folks would see that as their mental health therapist okay right? okay 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 i do see it as the exact same thing yes. that's why i tried to clarify and get it right mm-hmm. but thank you so much for coming back on the minds with i came i really enjoyed our first episode right. i actually re-ran it back just because oh. getting ready for um i knew you was coming back on you've been busy you've been doing a lot it was <laughs> I, it was January of 2021 and crazy. here we are today in what is May of 2023 wow yeah <laughs> this is beautiful so um I just want to open it up for an update so yeah. can you kind of fill us in of what you've been up to listen when you sent that and then we said we're gonna talk about racial trauma I said wow like January 2021 I said that was a, a lot of trauma uh but no a lot I've changed jobs so now I'm the director of the Drake University Counseling Love Center that. when we last worked I was a therapist I wasn't even fully licensed Licensed yet? So mm. Now fully independently licensed. Hold um, up, I figured out my hand claps. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. hard work. It takes like two years to get that. For um, sure. I also started my own LLC now. That's mm. big. That's new. Um, that's good hand claps right yeah, there. Yeah, excited. Right yeah. Kind of give us a spill about your LLC. What what you're gonna be getting into? Obviously, counseling yes. work, but. Absolutely. Actually, so my LLC is focused specifically on like training, presentations, mm. and speaking engagements, oh, for, uh, nice. mental health from like an inclusive social justice lens. This is good. So I've done a lot of public speaking. Uh, I've done some work with like John Deere now. Mm. I've done it with some other companies. Yep. Um, I do it like some conferences. I've been speaking Ooh. a lot more at those. And so I've been really putting myself out there. That I has love been that. exciting. I love that. Um, and I've really actually been cool building myself up like when you said 2021 i was like i feel like i'm a, a very different person yeah 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 you and should be yeah yes, <laughs> yeah you've um, been transformed very transformed i've done a lot of my own healing i've been like really pouring into myself so i can pour into the community and when i think back to 2021 i felt like i wasn't really as involved as I mm-hmm. that's why you're seeing yeah, me yeah, over. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of life happening i was like i don't really want to be around people as much mm-hmm. and so since i started doing a lot of healing probably the fall of 2021 into like now a lot more last fall I've really been like, how do I get more connected? Yeah. How do I feel like yeah. I belong a little bit more in this space and not just be mm. on the side? And I just wanted to share like my heart, share yep. a lot of my knowledge. That's yep. why I was like, I would love to get on this podcast we, again. We, like, we love that. It feels uh, good to exist. Well, you know? uh, I'm honored that you wanted to be back on and we needed you back on. Um, like you said, it's been a break. And me personally, I, I love interviewing counselors and therapists because uh, I feel like I get a free session. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I want to talk a little bit about Drake, like yeah. kind of what you're doing now. I want to breeze past it. I know y'all doing big things. You're yeah, in the yeah. new building. Mm-hmm. So kind of like touch bases on like what, what's going on over there where you guys are helping and filling in. Absolutely. There. So college mental health is a big thing right now. Absolutely. Across the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're getting a lot of folks post-pandemic, right, that had expedited mental health concerns. Mm-hmm. And then not a lot of resources. So yep. college camp. 
counseling centers across the board, there's never enough people. Mm. Even in our center, like the national average recommends like one counselor per a thousand students. Whoa. And my brain is always like, well, what happens if every student decides <laughs> I need it at that one point in time? I was like, we will combust. Yeah. So when I came into this role, it's been like, how do we do more comprehensive? Like mm-hmm. not run it like a private practice. Mm. So I got a team That's of good. people on that also see equity as important. Mm-hmm. Also, I've been really focused on like inclusivity. Like why are there certain groups of populations that don't feel comfortable coming to the counseling yes. center? We got to interrupt that. So yes. I've done a lot of stuff related to that. We want a grant actually through the APA. It was the more equity community, equity in uh, community mental health grant. Nice. So that was fantastic. And that helped us to do a lot of different programming specific to students. Of college. Yeah. And like in the first year, we saw a 5% increase. That's and good. then using our services. And we know like black and brown people aren't struggling more, mm-hmm. right? It's just they're not accessing yeah. services because often what they experience. Finances and yeah. also trauma in the home that we don't talk about these so it's a lot to overcome i mean it's a good thing that you got to increase and it's also like okay people are need people need help so it's not that great but it's good that they're getting help so i I like that though like that that sounds like something very fulfilling you get you light up when you talk about that you light up because i get the best of every world like i get to do therapy i also Uh get to do public speaking i also get to do programming because it's like a wraparound of like every person should get mental health services Mm -hmm. even if they never step Mm -hmm. in the door of a therapist yeah um one thing i want to talk about because you mentioned you brought on a group of people i've been Mm -hmm. trying to just play with this idea and like really like live it you talked about bringing on people on i want to talk about this term it's called like trusting teams Mm -hmm. how do you feel about your team that you have around you at drake right now um what kind of culture you guys are setting and kind of laying out are you guys working that close with each other at the moment yeah we're a pretty solid team that's Um, good and it's like I this is how I just like get to know people in the yep. interview process is I see everything as like a puzzle piece. Mm. So I don't want a group of people that are all the same. No. I'm like, you bring this unique perspective, you bring that. And like, you know, when you first come together, it's like, okay, how do we how do we <laughs> yeah, this work? Yeah, yeah. So I'm really tired because I'm like, I have to put in a lot of work for mm-hmm. that. Like we need to have communication. Thanks, we need Tom. to figure these pieces out. Um and I want to understand your story and I want everyone else to be able to communicate like where you feel comfortable. Mm. And so I feel which they do a really good job for me because my own personal issues, I struggle with like when I have Lee, okay, let somebody else take it because I'm like, I feel like I got to do everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And in this role, sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm charged. Like, I take that very seriously, yeah. being the director. Mm-hmm. And a black woman as a director, yeah. like, that means a lot. So it's been learning to be like, I don't have to do it all. I got uh-huh. folks, right? Delegation. And I, yeah, and I haven't worked in a lot of spaces like that where yep. I do feel like I can just release it. So they've done a really good job reassuring me, like, oh, I'm going to take this on. Oh, yeah. I got this, and things such as yeah. that in that space. That's so good, because um, if you don't delegate, you get wore out. And if Absolutely. you delegate and micromanage, your team get wore out. Yeah, exactly. So trusting team is everything, It's man. a process. It yes. is, it is. And it comes with trust. I think, yes. like... That's the biggest thing about a team. It's like everybody has different teams that work in and out. Do you trust that person to do that job well? Yes. Can you take the hands off and let them report? It's hard. So I'm happy to hear that you got a solid team because that's yes. that's that's goals. I got a solid team too. Right. I tell yeah. them, like, I'm not yeah. going to hire anybody that, you know, like I feel like I already have to do that. So it's like in the interview, I'm listening. I love that. Where you want to grow, I want to mm-hmm. help that. But also like where do you all already feel like you've achieved? Yeah. And hiring smarter. Like this mm-hmm. stuff that we're doing and able to talk on, I don't know it. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I got saw my man to hold it down because, and he can teach me at hundred percent. But I don't ever want to be smarter than him at this mm-hmm. because I'm playing my role exactly. well. So exactly. it's all about playing your roles, whether knowing your role too. Yeah, right? and he allows me to be the star player. Yeah, but um, he gets no, not a lot of the credit. I praise him, but he's mean. Um, but uh, no, um, I'm glad you had a chance to just talk about your team because. Yeah. You know, that's important, especially in the leadership role. Absolutely. So 
All right. We want to talk about this comment. I mean, not comment. Topic. Racial trauma. Mm. That's the that's the correct term. Yeah. All right. So educate us, educate me in real time on this topic because I'm sure you've been doing a lot of speeches on it and stuff like that. Absolutely. So race. We know what trauma is, right? Absolutely. Started with that as the idea. You know, you experience like a perceived threat or actual threat to your sense of self, safety, mm-hmm. emotional mm-hmm. injuries that have long lasting impacts. You know, for you, for your psyche, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about others. Yep. Racial trauma is no different. The only difference is that the stressor that has occurred is race related. Mm-hmm. And what's actually discouraging is that within our community, mental health community, we haven't called it that. Right. Yep. And even within our own communities, it's like, oh, that's just the thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Right, but it impacts our sense of safety. Yeah. Right. If I get pulled over, I'm panicky. I'm nervous. Am I going to be alive? Like that's not a really natural response, right? Mm-hmm. A traumatic response mm-hmm. because these systems and things that have happened. Yeah. So when we think about racial trauma as the incidents that have created so many injuries, right? That have created a sense of threat to one's safety and self mm-hmm. related on the color of their skin. Yep. That's pretty self-explanatory. I'm glad you kind of broke that down yeah. for me, but. um I think it's funny about that topic because, like, I mean, being in Iowa, we're around a ton of white people. Mm-hmm. I mean, both of our wives are white. Mm-hmm. Um, I get a pool of people, like, and I'm glad people feel open to talk about what they believe and what they think around me. That that means I'm very approachable. But I get a pool of people who understand that mm-hmm. and also get a pool of people who think it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. How do not? Because my wife think I always got to be on to educate people in this. How do you have those conversations with those people who you got to educate, who's completely, I would say, in the nicest way possible, ignorant to what really goes on when it comes to racial trauma and people of color and minorities across the world, not just in America? Right. I think that's a tough question. Super. Right. Um, because for me, when I think I exist in that all the time yeah. um, and Honestly, I listen a lot because I'm very friendly to mm-hmm. folks, and I've mm-hmm. had people other me and say like, "You're not like those other black people, or you just <laughs> that's say very hurtful." It's very hurtful, um, and they think it's kind, mm-hmm. right? Um, so for me, I see if you asked me this two years ago, I would give you <laughs> an entirely different answer. So I'm answer yeah, so I'm gonna tell you how I answered it maybe two years ago, and then yeah. I'm gonna tell you from like a healed place. How okay, I answered it. okay. So two years ago, I'd be like, "You educate everybody." That's probably the Christian yeah. in me. You know, you yeah. just wrap somebody Absolutely. up, you love on them if they need the education. You are the person that is there. You have the knowledge. Mm-hmm. Pour into them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to think even going to Drake, I was like, if I'm the only black person these folks meet, fantastic. Yeah, I'm gonna be able to help. You know, and all yeah. that. Right? Yeah, we hear how that can be problematic, mm-hmm. right? Because yes. I'm absorbed absorbing this pain that they're sending me even mm-hmm. if it's well-intentioned mm-hmm. you can ask me any kind of question that you would like i'm expected to take it i'm expected to feel that and i'm expected to make your life better or sure. easier moving forward while you do your education the more i started understanding racial trauma how that's linked to ancestral trauma mm-hmm. understanding what my ancestors slaves had to go through mm-hmm. right to take on the bearing and the pain that you have to make your life better i started recognizing wow we didn't really get a lot of permission to stand up for ourselves nope Meeting a lot of permission to say, I don't like that. Or maybe I don't feel like doing that mm-hmm. service, that mm-hmm. free service, right, from you. So I, through healing, because I experienced a lot of inter- institutional abuse, is what mm-hmm. my therapist called it, where I was put in that role, maybe one-to-one that felt good. But yeah. systemically, that does not feel good. Mm-hmm. And that feels like tokenizing. And when I started naming that, 
before I started helping someone, I had to check in with my body. Yeah. Am I even okay? Mm-hmm. Um, we go straight into like logic. Let me talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Our, our heart is beating fast. I'm uncomfortable. Super. Uh, I may be like fidgety. So mm-hmm. those things, mm-hmm. it's like before I educate someone, I have to check in to see, am I even in the space right now to have this conversation? Mm. And to say, I have permission to be in the space and capacity that I need mm-hmm. to engage in a conversation that may be harmful. Even if it's not in that moment, there's the potential that I'm gonna, I'm gonna endure an emotional injury. Yeah. And I love this person. Maybe I care about them. Or exactly. Maybe it's my job. I'm expected <laughs> to. I still have the right to be okay doing that kind of work. For sure. So before I go into that, I have to check on myself. If I don't have the capacity, right? I don't just say no, I'm not gonna do it. There might be sometimes I don't, right? But I really check in what do I need to be okay with doing this? Mm-hmm. I started telling some folk, I just don't have the capacity to do any of that free labor. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so when I started using the words free labor, I was like, oh, let me yeah. get, like, check in. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Really what sent this over for me was the murder of Breonna Taylor Mm -hmm. and what happened with the settlement. And I realized, especially as a black woman, I said, wow, this is the price. we Like, this is what we're seeing as the price. Your pain is worth this dollar. Outside of that, we don't validate it. We don't care. And I started realizing how am I engaging in that same messaging in my daily life? Mm -hmm. My body doesn't matter. My knowledge does. What I can provide to you does. But me as a human being, I don't. Mm -hmm. So I had to start enhancing my own humanness and humanity in the spaces so i'll say maybe i have i don't have time until next week i don't have to be ready right now to do Mm -hmm. all that work uh i can say there's resources available if i have the capacity i'm very open with the fact of like how this might impact me i can be transparent to know for some people doing that work is just a conversation it's knowledge yeah for me it's a whole experience so if i'm engaged with somebody i gotta be human and you know that you're speaking to a human so mm-hmm. if they say stuff it's okay for me to say like how i feel yeah talk about my perspective but truthfully in the beginning i'll always ask like what's your goal or intention with this yeah 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 <laughs> because, what are you trying to do with this information right yes and yeah. like what is your understanding um, i want to know where you're yeah. at because that because if i'm going to be telling you all this knowledge and you maybe haven't even read a book or had a mm-hmm. conversation yeah. i'm going to be far beyond not saying someone doesn't have it but mm-hmm. You're expelling energy and uh, intelligence and knowledge that they haven't had the chance yet. And that can be overwhelming. For sure. And they can't swallow that too. And unfortunately, most of the time, we are the first person to have those conversations with with people who just don't know. And some people, I think, I, I love the fact that you said, what's your intention? Because, I mean, some people are allies and want to be allies. Mm-hmm. And some people just like... I already have their thought processed already out and right. they just want to hear your perspective to see which box they can put you in. Mm. To me, that one is very frustrating. It's like right. I was talking to a group of men last night and I was actually talking about our church, um, Cottage Grove, um, how it's considered um, in the community mm-hmm. a woke church right. to some people. But I told the group of men, I was like, they won't say it to me though. Mm-hmm. They'll tell my white buddies that, or my white friends in the church, like, right. "Oh, did you go to that woke church?" And they won't say it to me. And one of one of my friends looked at me, white guy, who was really confused. He was like, "What you mean they won't say it?" To he don't understand the association that that word woke mm-hmm. come with. So it's like that's another chance for me. Like, I gotta explain this to him. And right. that's my friend, and we truly like love each other in Christ first, and then as brothers. So I, I don't mind explaining it to him because I know he's genuinely confused by right. what I mean mm-hmm. by that. But it is tiresome. Mm-hmm. It is tiresome because like you always got to be on. And I love the way you just check in with yourself first. That's good. That's that's Absolutely. good. That's definitely something I can I can take. take and I want to build on that too. When you For said sure. like I always got to be on. That's mm-hmm. that's 
when I'm like doing therapy, those are the things I'm listening for, mm. right? Because when you think of trauma, there's like different responses. We have like our fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Yeah. Our fight is like, I got to attack. I got to be ready to protect myself. Yeah, yeah. Flight is like, I got to run away, get out of here. Freeze mm. is like, I'm panicked. I have no idea what to do. Fawning is, I have to do whatever I can to appease this person yes. to make sure they're okay. So when I hear things like, I always got to be on, mm -hmm. that sounds like hypervigilance to me. Yeah. And I sound like, I can't say how I feel. I can't show up. I have to code switch or else. Yeah. Right. That lets me know there's a there's a threat Survival. to safety. Yeah. Psychological safety. Mm -hmm. Right. Those are those are the reasons why I say these microaggressions, macroaggressions, mm -hmm. these mess ups, these are like activating wounds. Mm -hmm. and these aren't present. They're long term ancestral yeah. wounds. Right. Because who would say it's okay to feel like I always got to be on? Yeah. Just in case someone says something. What does that mean? What is our bodies experiencing? Exactly. And that's truly racial trauma because yeah. it's not like I just got to keep going through. But that's what we've been taught. Because mm -hmm. how else were we able to survive? You know, Jim Crow, uh, slavery, you mm -hmm. know, transatlantic slave trade, yep. neo Jim Crow, right? Mm -hmm. Except that resilience of like we just got to go through. But we never mm -hmm. get permission to say I can actually heal from this. Yeah. Like, what does that even look like and feel like? Mm -hmm. What are some ways that we can actually like heal from this, look like and feel like when we're constantly in it? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So the first thing is one, uh, when we think about like systematic oppression, mm -hmm. right? Um, all these bigger issues that are happening, I always want to acknowledge that we can't just think ourselves through. Mm -hmm. It's not a thinking mm -hmm. issue. It's not you thinking about the world inappropriately, yeah. inaccurately. So going to like your sense of safety, right? Mm -hmm. How safe do you feel? What does that look like? Um, what are the messages that you've told yourself about yourself? And I think mm. that is the most uncomfortable and i don't know if you've ever felt like that as yeah. a dark-skinned person like yeah. i used to i had to sit with the fact that why do i feel this way like why mm -hmm. do i feel less attractive <laughs> because my skin is darker what, yeah. and then going where did i learn that how yeah. did i learn that because yeah. until we understand and really uh, like sit with where these messages are mm -hmm. coming from and how they show up even that message of like i have to educate him yeah there's a difference between i have to and i want to yeah or like yeah. i'm okay with right yeah. but that have to it comes from a real place of like what would happen if I didn't? Yeah. That fear base, yeah. right? And so really understanding and what does your body feel? Mm -hmm. I think what we do a lot of is try to escape that feeling because it's so overwhelming. Because if we actually sit with how that makes us feel, sometimes it will impact how we respond or how we feel about that relationship. Mm -hmm. But allowing ourselves, like there's a book called uh, My Grandmother's Hands by Resma Menicum. I love his book and how he processes like racial trauma. Yep. He says like we got to anchor ourselves in that moment. When something happens, like how do I actually ground my body before I respond, mm -hmm. right? Because that's where the healing relies. It's like I can release it from my body so I can respond from the best place. Other ways I love to do it is like empowering yourself. Yeah. What is like self-compassion, but also empowering messages mm -hmm. look like for you? Because if we look anywhere, we don't receive that often. Mm -hmm. Maybe we do now more than we did before. But like growing up, you don't see a lot of messages, maybe except it's in the community. But sometimes let's be real. Our community like internalizes the messages that absolutely the racism. And so that's pouring into us. Yeah. So we're kind of having this damage internally already when thinking about healing through relationships or racial trauma. But another piece is like, it's okay to heal in community. Mm -hmm. I say protesting is a form of like healing, right? It's yep. the idea that you can't take my voice away. Mm -hmm. I have a voice. I do matter. And I'm going to express that. And that's okay for me to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, also surrounding yourself in communities where it is okay. Right. Yep. So if that is a relationship you talked about, I got to educate. Oh, can we have a conversation about how that, like what's happening for sure. with me? Right? For sure. I don't want to make you like smarter about this topic. I need you to see mm -hmm. me as a person and having spaces that validate that, mm -hmm. right? Heals that. Cause we don't want to just say, go into your community, right? And you know, segregation, this is the only yeah. way. Yeah. No healing can happen in relationships with people that are safe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Cause in like, even in that situation, I just broke down. 
I do feel like it was a genuine question from what are you talking about? Like I, cause like grew up in, let's say white guy grew up in Adel mm-hmm. for a chance. It's not many black people are out there. It's yeah. probably a Hispanic community, an Asian community, and maybe a black mm-hmm. community out there. He don't know from a can of paint, right. but he may be an ally. So mm-hmm. it's like, am I okay with sharing this with that person? Yeah. Is it great way? I like the way you you broke that down. That was that was really smooth. Yeah, give um, yourself permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's give good. Give yourself permission to yeah. engage in that. I'm space. in. I'm in. I'm in thought right now. Okay. So. <laughs> Sit in that thought. <laughs> Trying to figure it out. So, um, what do you do? Um, to like, what are some practical ways we can sit in that thought? Do you practice meditation? Do you practice, obviously, prayer? Um, what are some some key ways that yeah, you can yeah. sit in it and kind of process that thought process, that trauma, whatever we label it as? Yeah, absolutely. I say someone's gonna sit in it, like rocking it too, mm-hmm. breathing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like as you're processing, I love like rocking left and right. Like, usually mm-hmm. when I do presentation, you might even see yeah. me like as I'm talking, boom, like boom, just boom. naturally That's that dance. flow. Yeah, yeah. dance. Um, any way to release it from your body mm-hmm. as well. If you're gonna talk to somebody about it, even go like for a walk, mm-hmm. uh, if you're able to walk, or mm-hmm. try to get in some space where you like are moving, right? Mm-hmm. You're expressing in a way that feels uh, natural for you. Because mm-hmm. the way we think about trauma is it doesn't live like in our logical brain, right? It's the idea that when we are prefrontal code, I'm not going to get all scientific yeah. and nerdy yeah, yeah, on y'all, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, it's the idea it lives in the part of our brain that maybe can't process our words, right? Yeah. It has a lot of different emotions that are held there. So when we think about healing, we mm-hmm. have to go to the emotional place, mm-hmm. right? To actually release that. So that's why if you're talking it out, sometimes you might vent and be talking like, I feel better, but it still feels there, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So finding ways to like express that um i love folks who do like painting artwork Mm -hmm. music poetry anything that allows your body Mm -hmm. to just feel within that space like working out for me that's where i started yeah basketball yeah i started going to the gym like crazy you Mm -hmm. know 2021 but that was my space to be like i can listen to music and dance and just like listen to my body and just feel stronger I love that. you know yeah. so finding ways to like engage your body but also finding ways to soothe your body if you're activated yeah and i always say like if you are in spaces come up with your clapbacks this is like my favorite thing to do it's like what are your racial trauma clapbacks mm-hmm. so if someone says something that's out of pocket mm. what do you want to say right sometimes we say i can't think that no no no. give yourself permission to say what you want to yeah. say in your mind right mm-hmm. you're like nobody yeah, fired yeah, don't. Uh, right but think about what do you want to say and then think okay how can i still get that message right because sometimes we see our experiences as like angry mm. um and then hostile aggressive again those are messages that's been given to us specifically to like we think about black racial trauma yeah. right but anger comes from a very valid place anger is one of the emotions that show up when someone experiences injustice when yeah. you feel that there's been injustice mm-hmm. or a threat to their safety mm-hmm. how do you still express that though and give yourself permission to release that in a way that feels authentic for you and not only coming from that place yeah that's good that's good. Um, I definitely took some from <laughs> like I was over here thinking because I actually um, was talking to one of my good friends um, and he was checking in on me. And mm-hmm. I was just like, bro, I'm feeling angry right now, yeah. bro. I don't know why. I'm just angry. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought to like just like get active because like I've been missing like that's why I screamed out basketball because like I've been missing that activity because I think during basketball game about other than basketball Mm -hmm. believe it or not so Mm -hmm. that's good that's good um I got a question for you upon like college students um Mm -hmm. 
how can we be like as people in the community supporting and listening to our college students right now? Because I know college is a weird place. It's almost like middle school. You're just a little smarter. Mm-hmm, <laughs> like mm-hmm. middle school is a weird place because you're just a gopher. Yeah. Everybody's gophers. But what headspace are college students in without obviously harming anyone? Can right. you share? Yeah, I can tell you the highest reasons that across the board that mm-hmm. college students seek out services is like anxiety and depression, mm. uh, low self-esteem, see a lot mm. of perfectionism, yep. low self-worth. Because um, you're dealing with a population that's probably prided their uh, identity on achievement yep. or probably on like this is what I need for my family so a lot of like marginalized groups mm-hmm. is like you might be first gen or you might be uh, in college and that mm-hmm. represents something like I can't fail right because me failing doesn't mean I'm a failure in my family but mm-hmm. me failing means like my other people who are coming after me or other people who have come before me like I'm messing up the generation mm-hmm. you, know? mm-hmm. you see that with other folks mm-hmm. too but I see it a lot there um and just not really at that space yet where you're able to really process. Yeah. Right? When you think about where we're at now, we can look back. Like, oh, I've overcame that. Or yep. I have those. But you're still in that time of like yep. you're still navigating life and figuring that out. And with this certain population now, the pandemic mm-hmm. uh, interfered with a lot of like social, emotional development. Yep. Because at the time of your life where you needed it the most to like build connections, you're quarantined. Mm-hmm. Like the folks in college right now are probably like the ones graduating started college. Like oh, that's yeah. a whole different part. Oh yeah. Going back home. Right? Oh, yeah. So that interrupts development. And um, so when you think about how do we bridge the gap, how do we connect? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a lot, it's gonna take a longer time to like process through. Absolutely. And we think about it, it's more of like we have to go to them. And mm-hmm. that's something I've learned in my role. It's like they are like maxed out mentally and emotionally with like expanding themselves often because they're already expanded enough. All right. Real yeah. time. I'm going to try to get some help for you right now. Okay. See, this is why I say I get a free therapy session. Uh, what I get so I'm explaining. <laughs> no, the right. No, just um, all right. So here's the situation. Yeah. I have a family member. Mm-hmm. He really did not get to experience high school because he grew up. In a place where we have hurricanes, mm. hurricane wiped out his first. Um, he went his freshman year, hurricane wiped out his uh, sophomore year, and COVID knocked out his junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. So he did three years of high school at home. Wow! And now this person is a young adult, college age, mm-hmm. and we talk about a lot of things. Like I'm heavily involved in this person's life. Yeah. I get kickback from him because I'm just like, go have a conversation. Like, go do that. Like, he's starting a date now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why are you trying to find a partner online? Like, mm-hmm. let's go have a, you you see these real people right here? Can't talk to him. And he actually get frustrated at me Yeah, when I try to put him in that space. Because I have those skills. Mm-hmm. He don't. What am I doing wrong? Yeah, absolutely. Because I know I'm doing right. something wrong. Yeah. Well, let me preface this for anyone listening. Don't come for my license. This is not therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah, yeah. We're going no, to have a conversation. This is a conversation. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, I'm not going to come from the perspective of what you're doing wrong. Yeah. Right? I don't like to do that because that can be shaming. Yeah. Right? What I will say is uh, his experience he spent more time not being face to face and having like mm-hmm. relationships built that way than what they may be online. Mm-hmm. So for him, he's like, this is all I know how to do. Mm. Um, and let's imagine someone is cooking a meal and they only have those two ingredients. Yep. And then we take them to a space. They have so many other ingredients. It's overwhelming. They're going to go to them like, too. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what yeah. this is. Right. And that's, Visually seeing yep. emotions, there's no like you physically can't see them, right? We can mm. see somebody acting out these emotions, but the intensity and all the nervousness. So 
going to someone in person where you see their nonverbals. Mm. If I reach out to somebody online, right, I can't see their face. Yep. So if I put this out there, yep. I can't see their disgust. I can't mm-hmm. see their rejection. Mm-hmm. I can't even see their excitement. But that's probably more comforting because a lot of the things that impact social anxiety and connection are the nonverbal cues. Yes. There's like, there's, we look at more nonverbal cues than we yeah. have the actual verbal cues. Yeah, we, we as humans don't even realize it. We communicate a lot. Yeah. Nonverbal. Like I always tell this story about premarital counseling. Like uh, our premarital counselor was um, digging into me and my wife's life. Like I'll use that term. (laughs) And she was right. And I was wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's not about being right and wrong. I just felt convicted in the sense of the conversation. Mm -hmm. Arms like this. I ain't even notice it. And I'm just tight. And I'm like this. And Uh then she was like, all right, let's just say something nice to each other. Like, let's just give each other two compliments. And I immediately like started to read myself. I'm like, Oh, she, she's paying attention to my body. Like she's getting her job. But yeah, no, uh, the bulk of our communication is mm-hmm. nonverbal, so that is it is good to know, and I appreciate that. That is helpful, just just understanding and explaining, yeah. because I didn't go through what they went through. Right. Like I was able to experience a full high school, full yeah. college lifestyle, not during COVID, mm-hmm. which was a weird space. Yeah. And Very I, weird space. And I add to it too. I mean, I don't know the nature of uh, this person's experience, mm-hmm. but. I can only imagine going to school, having friends, being connected that way, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's taken away. No. And to think about trying to build connections and what I've seen in therapy, sometimes there might be parts of people that are like, I'm afraid to get really connected to people because mm-hmm. I don't know if this is going to be taken away. For sure. Right? Sometimes yeah. that's not like in our conscious mind that's like, yep. I can connect the dots. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's like in our, you know, subconscious. Like, yeah. I am not aware this is really the fear that's happening. Yeah. So I imagine like that was traumatic. And oh, I'm yeah. curious, like, what does that mean to relationships or, you know, worrying are the people I care about alive or mm. not? And sometimes it's safer to maybe have a relationship that I'm not building that physical, that emotional connection at that intensity, maybe slowly working myself into that because maybe that feels safer, right? There could be mm-hmm. so many factors, but uh, related to that. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, I'll close out with these two questions and then um, we'll obviously follow up and see how we can stay connected to your yeah, work. Um, one, my first one is what do you think is driving all of this anxiety and mm. fears in college students' lives specifically. Mm-hmm. And then also on top of that, what are some tangible things that they can do and we can do? Cause I feel like my generation is going through those same anxieties yeah. too. So I'm not just focusing on them, but what are some things that they can do to kind of combat the drivers? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we think about anxiety. It's like the messages, right? Mm-hmm. That come with anxiety. Um, that what are you saying about yourself to mm-hmm. yourself? What do mm-hmm. you think people feel about you? So I see a lot of the factors. One is perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's be real, perfectionism is rewarded in our society. For sure. The better you are, the more equipped you are to do different things, the longer your resume is, mm-hmm. especially at that young age, the more you're deemed as accepting yep. or acceptable in a college environment. Yep. So the threat to make a mistake is so high. Yep. The threat to potentially be found out is maybe I don't know as much or maybe I like skated through high mm-hmm. school and now I'm here. Or the pressure to feel like you have to do everything correctly is so overwhelming. Yes. And you can only maintain that it's so long. It works in high school, but then it's harder. Oh, yeah. Um, so I see a lot of anxiety related to that i also have to always go back to the socioeconomic you know environment that we live in so finances right Mm. can be anxiety inducing a lot of college students don't come from those backgrounds so predictability of like when can i eat you know am i going to be okay this loan didn't come through 
um, my family, they, they're not working, you know, or they lost their job or yeah. something happened. Like, yeah. who's taking care of my family? Like, those are real factors influencing college students. And you don't really see the impact until you get to college yeah. often because you're there. Yeah. Right. I work with a lot of folks that are like, they're sometimes they were the breadwinners or mm. sometimes they were the babysitters. They were the third parent mm. or the second parent, you know? So leaving that, that anxiety is in my face, my family. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I have, there we go. Now I have to be perfect or else I'm letting them down. Like I yep. know they got all these bills to pay. And then also just like anxiety, threats of safety. Like when I say things happening, you know, within the world, you don't get the chance to really process it mm. or have words for it. Um, and then of course, relational stress. <laughs> <laughs> I can't conflict resolution. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We yeah, think about steps, yeah. conflict resolution, but conflict yeah. is heightened. Right. Um, like you mentioned, like with the person you were talking about, mm -hmm. That's social anxiety. Like, oops, yeah. I said something wrong. Because also, these college students are in a very different social climate than when we went to college. For sure. So, um, For sure. a lot of people are worried about saying the wrong thing. Cancel culture. Let's be real. It's real. And when we have social media, I'm team social media because I'll tell y'all where to find me. Yeah. But at the same time, the threat of like, if you say the wrong thing or you do something and you're not in, line, in yeah. not alignment with like the majority, mm -hmm. we have things like Yik Yak. I don't know if they had that uh, when you went to college. Like, nah. uh, you had Yik Yak? Yes. You know, it's an anonymous app that it goes like within a certain radius so you can set it five mile radius and anyone within that can like post anonymously so you get a certain college population you can post mm -hmm. and you can say something like oh yeah kayla was out there looking a hot mess can you believe she said that stupid thing and then people can comment saying oh wow. yeah she's an awful person and you're seeing it but you don't know who's saying mm -hmm. so again that feeling of like what do people think about me so i think about tangible steps from a community and family familial mm -hmm. aspect allowing them to find their worth outside of what they can provide to you yeah. for academics um say things and i tell parents this all the time at you know drake i'm like can you just before you ask them about their grades or how school's going ask them how are they feeling yeah unrelated like mm -hmm. what has life been like you know how have you been sleeping how have you been eating right help them to see themselves as another person yeah and say i care about you it's okay if things aren't going well that's right i still value you as a person yeah because those messages aren't intentionally sent, right? And yeah. so if they're not intentionally sent, but we send the other ones intentionally, they're going to develop a psyche about mm -hmm. themselves. Like, this is where my worth is. Mm -hmm. um, I would say also teaching, which is what we're going to try to do in the fall, a lot of like teaching like ways to come back and repair from mm -hmm. conflict. Like if something happens with someone else, it does not fully define who you are. And it also doesn't fully define where that relationship goes. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, one big thing I see across the board struggling to like validate a lot of their experiences, they feel like they're um, dramatic mm -hmm. or it doesn't make sense why they feel just being listening and validating and then figuring out, OK, where do you want to go? Like, what does it look like without mm -hmm. trying to do it for them? Yeah. Saying like, all right, what are your options? Let's figure out what's the best and helping them to be OK with making mistakes. I do believe life is better when we make mistakes because how yep. else do we come back? From how do you that? learn? Yeah. But sometimes supports are like, you just got to do this one thing. Mm -hmm. And I've been very transparent with some of my folks. I'm like. I don't really know. We're going to figure it out, you know? And when you figure it out, then you figure out yep. what's the next step. So something yep. as simple as like, what are the pros and cons, mm. right? Teaching those skills yep. more directly because I don't know what the school system, how they're teaching that nowadays, mm -hmm. but um, helping them to like learn through life yes. without us also inserting our personal stories. Yeah. And like, how do you feel about that? You know, what's going on? You know, how do you want to move through it, mm -hmm. you know, and go from there? <sighs> Kayla, this has been fun. Um, what I took from this conversation is it's really okay to ask for help. Um, it's really okay to validate not only your children, but your peers too. Yes. And it's okay to take a step back for yourself and check in. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and see how you feeling, whether it's a racial trauma, whether it's anxiety trauma, whether mm-hmm. it's any t- any form of trauma to take back and view it from your own lens, whether that's active, whether that's sitting still in meditation. This is what I'm taking from this conversation. I think we helped a lot of people. I appreciate yeah. you. And I say we because all I did was ask questions. Well, you helped me. You <laughs> had space. Um, yes. But um, tell us where we can find you. We definitely would love to continue to follow you on your journey as you continue to change the world. Uh, thank you. Yes. Uh, so I'll start with my social media. I live on social media. Love- <laughs> <laughs> Her Facebook is cracking. And yes. I don't say that about a lot of people's Facebook. Right. Yes. I love it. I do a lot of lives on TikTok as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's Question Kayla. You can find me anywhere. Question Kayla um, on Insta, it's just Question Kayla twenty eight. Mm-hmm. I have a YouTube, I have TikTok, I have Instagram. Um, I also have Question Kayla twenty eight at gmail.com Is how mm. you can connect with me if you want a speaking engagement. Yep. I, I get, this is probably the most popular and requested is racial trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, other pieces like mental health and like the workplace. I yep. get those quite a bit. Like, mm-hmm. what do you do processing that? But um, I live for inner child work. <laughs> like, so those are like shame and self esteem. Like, that's where I love. Um, but that's where you can find me. Truthfully. And if you see me out, just wave, say hello if you heard it. Like, great. I'd love to know that these things are having an impact on people. Yep. Dope. Well, Kayla, it's been fun. Um, Thank thank you you. for coming back on the Minds Without King podcast. And you guys, that wraps up another episode of the Minds Without King podcast. If this episode was super, super impactful for you and you know somebody in college or you know somebody who's struggling with racial trauma, Mm -hmm. send it to them. Share this with a friend. It'll be really helpful. Thank you, Kayla. Thank you. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Without us also inserting our personal stories. Yeah. And like, how do you feel about that? You know, what's going on? You know, how Thank do you, you guys for listening it? to this you episode know, of the Minds by King podcast? <sighs> Kayla, I um, hope you guys fun. enjoyed my conversation um, with what Kayla I took from this conversation. Um, and if this episode was extremely helpful to it's you, it's really okay to ask for help. Um, it's Give really okay to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to at the moment. And also take a comment what your take for yourself from Kayla's conversation. This episode of the Minds Without King podcast was produced by Solomon Jones of Green Astro Media. Music by Headband. From your own questions, Randall and Sammy Meditation.